0: before we get into today's episode, we want to acknowledge that there is content that may trigger some people. If you find yourself responding negatively to anything, please do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Welcome to the Single and Mighty podcast for single parents leading mighty lives. I am Carmel Ecker. And today we are talking to my fantastic co-host, Lindsay Carlson. Lindsay has a powerful story, uh, not because of what happened to her, but because of how she reacted to it. Just yesterday, I was reading a post on LinkedIn about how someone found strengths she didn't know that she had when some big challenges came her way all at once. And I think Lindsay's experience is a fantastic example of that. And while her experience of being in an abusive relationship feels like ancient history to her, the person she became as a result of leaving that relationship has continued to develop as a powerful parent, business owner, and friend, um, someone I'm grateful to now call my friend. So without further ado, let's hear Lindsay's Three, story. Two, one.
1: Well, hello, Lindsay. Hey, Carmel. How are you? I'm great, and you? I'm excited. I'm excited too.
0: Like I'm, I'm super excited for today because it's going to be this wonderful opportunity for you to share your story, and maybe in a way that I think people might not expect.
1: Interesting. So that's mm. that's the
0: teaser for people. I don't even know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what I, love, what I love about people sharing their own stories is that you get to decide what you share. You get to decide what's important, uh, what's the message you want to leave with people. And I know you've spent a bit of time thinking about what is it that you want to leave people with. You have a really powerful but not uncommon single parent story of being in and getting out of an abusive relationship. And when we talked about what you wanted to focus on, um, you didn't want to focus on all the the nitty gritty of the relationship, like the things that happened to you.
1: Uh And why is that? Um, Well, I left my long term relationship with my children's father um, just over nine years ago. And so it feels partly like it's really old history. It feels like I'm a different person. I mean, I think I am a different person now. I don't know that that makes any difference. Mm-hmm. I think let's just say that it was a really hard life. It was like a roller coaster. Emotionally and physically, it was draining and there was a lot of abuse. Um, I
0: know you were a little bit afraid to leave. We've talked a little bit about it, and I know that it really truly was an emotional roller coaster. And there was a lot of things happening in that relationship that were. Um, I don't know quite how to describe them.
1: The word volatile comes Uh, to mind, just the unpredictability, the walking on eggshells. I think a lot of people can relate, um, to that. So why, why was it hard to leave that? doesn't, it sound like a no brainer, but it's just not, it's, it's not at all a no brainer to leave when things are really rough. Um, well, I was committed I was committed to the relationship, I was committed to the family we were building, I was committed to a business we were building, um, and I was always putting out fires. And so that keeps you committed, you're fixing things, you're solving problems, and and I felt like if I walked away from it at any point, then all those fires would be out of control. And I so there was... <laughs> So holding it all together actually kept me in it because I felt like it was really important to be there. It um, sounds
0: it sounds a lot like being in survival mode, like the automatic reaction that we have when there's a fire is I need to put that out. Yeah. I need to put that out. And so if you're constantly in that reaction mode of putting out fires, it it might not even dawn on you to go, Maybe I just need to let this thing burn. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. And that's really scary. So for one thing, um, I think to everyone's credit who's ever been in an abusive situation or who might be in one now, it's really hard to realize that you're in one. It's just you get used to it. It's that frog in boiling water analogy. You just get used to life is hard. I have to do these things to survive. If I let go, everything's going to be a disaster. I need to be here.
0: So you you bring up the frog in boiling water analogy. Um, what I'm taking from that is that it wasn't always like it didn't start off. You know, bam, you're in a right. relationship. Like it, it sounds like, you know, the the water temperature slowly rose over time. It was good at the start, and then yeah. it just got progressively worse and worse and worse. Is that would that be
1: accurate? I think so. I think that's a really common pattern that I noticed in people's stories is that um, somebody can sweep you off your feet. They can offer you everything you ever dreamed of. They can make you feel incredibly special, give you all the attention in the world. Um, and that's how it was for me. It was incredible at first. And um, when things started going wrong, I started to wonder why our incredible relationship was, was struggling. I asked the question and it was it was just the framing. It was like, oh, well, you're doing you're doing the wrong things. You really shouldn't do this. And that was the beginning of a life of I was doing the wrong things no matter what, second guessing myself all the time.
0: Yeah, it's a great tactic to put you on the defensive. And I don't know if it's always done consciously, but it is very effective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right? There's so much mental stuff. So I, I think for people who are in that situation. Give yourself some grace that it's hard to figure out. Um, you may not feel like you need help. I didn't. You, it, all of that mental stuff, just if there's a little tiny voice inside of you somewhere saying, oh, this relates to where I'm at right now, that's the voice to listen to. And, and you're gonna have all kinds of other feelings, but if something feels off, that's important.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there's a message in here too for anyone who has not experienced an abusive relationship to understand. God. You know that we have this look like why? Why is that person staying? We don't realize that there's been a progression to lead to this point, and it's it's now become normalized. What's happening in that relationship has become normalized.
1: Absolutely. Not only that, it's normalized, and also. There's this thing called the cycle of violence. And when I heard about it, it just changed my mindset the very second that I saw it. Um, And it's one thing that can keep pulling you back in. So if you're in a situation where you know you need to leave, and things are so bad you can't imagine, like, I can't believe I'm cleaning up this, you know, smashed glass all over the house kind of thing. And then, a moment or two later, or a day later, all of a sudden everything's better and your relationship feels good and there's gifts and love and flowers and family time and it's exactly what you want it to be. That's really complicated because you're like, well, we do have a great life. And then some time passes, even months might pass. And then all of a sudden you're back on that floor one day cleaning up broken things, you know, crying. The kids were crying so so that's the cycle of violence it's that you keep getting enough of the positive to make you believe in the relationship to make you believe that you you're so close to making everything right if you could just if you could just be a little bit different and then things fall apart again but when i saw that it was a cycle and i saw that this was textbook this happens to people all the time it wasn't just my relationship i was like oh oh (laughs) um because i could and so the honeymoon periods first they're the biggest part and then the the violent periods are shorter but over time those honeymoon periods only need to be really really little to keep hooking you back in so they can be almost almost nothing a little bit of validation and you're hooked back in so it's an incredible difficult thing to break yourself of and women and men in all walks of life it doesn't matter what their career is or their education or their, their family standing any of that they are all vulnerable to ending up in it i think partly because unless we've seen it clearly before and our society doesn't shine a light on it, Mm. we don't even know it exists. We're really not prepared to navigate these really complicated, psychologically difficult relationships. We we just don't have what it takes to go up against someone who can suck you into that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's why it's so important to have access to information. It's part of the reason that you wanted to share your story is so that people know like this is, this can happen, this can happen to anybody. And if you recognize this, you know, we hope that you will, A, give yourself a little grace, uh, and B, you know, figure out what's the next step.
1: Yeah, yeah. And another thing that makes it really hard to leave is a lot of what I've heard, and what I've heard when I talk to people is that nobody wants to end up broke. Or poor after leaving a relationship that's difficult. And it feels like if I leave this, you know, no matter how difficult it is, at least it's secure to, to some standard. If I yeah. leave this, then I'm out on my own. And there is so much fear there that people have. And that's really what I want to help people with. It's an it's extremely common fear. I've heard it, you know, from people in highest levels of professions.
0: And that's a fear that you had too.
1: When I realized that I had to leave, I was terrified. Um, and it took, a, it took a while to get to the point where where I could leave because I wasn't the main income earner. We owned a house, but I couldn't stay in the house. I had to leave it. And so we moved into a transition house, which is a shelter for women who are fleeing abuse. And I had no idea what I was gonna do next. Not a clue. I knew I didn't want to work two or three jobs, and I knew that I needed to find a, a place to live. So uh, sort of stepping out on that ledge was really scary, and the first steps were were really, really hard to take. But now when I look back at it, it's just so important that, that those steps happened. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and they did take... Actually, what was the... What was the point? Cause I mean, you were in that for a long time. What was the point at which you finally went, I can't do this anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: was there a moment? Was it a mindset shift? I I'd just love to know where did that, that final resolve come from?
1: Yeah. Well, there were a few things. One was there was a fight, and I was picking up pieces of broken stuff off the ground with my um, son right there, my, my little guy. Um, and two was the tactics had changed a little bit and so the house felt more dangerous. And I had just learned about the cycle of violence. So I was beginning to see clearly and, and realize that this isn't ever going to stay in the happy phase no matter what. It's It never has and it's never going to. That was really important. And then the last thing was there was a crack in, there was a bit of a way out. I had started pursuing some contracts in the marketing work that I did. I had started doing some work for other companies, little little ones here and there. And so instead of staying home all day, dropping my kids off and going back to the house where he worked, I would go to the coffee shop and I would work on my own stuff. And so I started to have a little bit of space just for myself. And my sister temporarily moved to town and, and we could connect a bit. And it just, that just changed things. A little bit of support, a little bit of space um, and a little bit of clarity. Mm-hmm. And
0: your sister had a little bit to do with your decision yeah. too, didn't
1: she? Yeah, yeah. So. My sister visited regularly, um, so she kind of knew that things were difficult. But I remember one night in in the kitchen, we were standing and making some dinner at the crock pot, and it was just, it was so hard. Just life was hard. And she said, it doesn't have to be so hard. She just said that. And (laughs) it wasn't judging me. It wasn't pushing me. It wasn't anything else. It was just it was almost like i see you is is what she said almost and because it was so gentle i had no reason to to reject it it just kind of stuck in my head and it was just one little opening so when everything aligned and i had that clarity and somebody else reinforced the clarity i was beginning to get um and the moment i made the choice to leave i never wanted back ever not I had in the past had little moments of leaving and coming back. But once I had that clarity and that support, I was done. I just saw it for what it was.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that
1: moment of clarity
0: is so important. Yeah, and, it is. And acting. You know, I'm curious if you had wait, like, I, I assume that you acted fairly quickly after that moment of clarity.
1: Instantly. People were... I was in in touch with the, the transition house. They had counselors and social workers, so I was I was seeing a counselor there, mm-hmm. and it was like as soon as she showed me the cycle of violence. I think by the next session, like a couple of weeks later, I was out. Like it was that fast. Wow, yeah,
0: yeah, that's powerful awareness.
1: So that cycle of violence is something that we can we can dig out and put on our resource page on our website yeah. for people.
0: Yeah, that would yeah. be great. We'll do that. Yeah. yeah. So you made the decision to leave. You took the action. What did your life look like after you left?
1: Yeah, so as I said, we went to a transition house. We stayed there for a long time. It was a great place for me to sort of not have to worry about housing just for a little while so that I could get my stuff together. Like when I left the relationship, I only had $700 in my pocket. um, And I didn't know exactly how I was going to get the next money in because I just had precarious work of my own. I mostly helped my ex grow a business that we had grown together after being at the transition house we, we got our own place and i paid the rent and the d- deposit and then i went to the grocery store and i had 50 bucks to feed my kids for a week and i didn't know if the following week i'd have 50 again three kids three kids yeah, three kids. yeah. so it wasn't it's like
0: even then that that was not a lot of money to yeah feed a family of four
1: no it's no no a week yeah easily what it costs for dinner yeah so so that was basically where we started and i knew that i didn't want to be the parent who never sees their kids i think that's one thing is you learn to be resourceful i I guess that's what it comes down to you learn to do what you need to do and find the resources that are there
0: yeah so you were so you were starting from kind of starting from scratch right Mm -hmm. yeah you'd been tied and so heavily involved in your husband's business that you kind of had to get your own career Right, to, launch, you know, to kind of relaunch your own career.
1: Yes, yes. So when I was in the transition house, I said, what does it take to not lose custody of your kids? That was my question. And they said, well, you need to be able to show that you can provide for them. You need to show the judge that you can support your kids financially. And so I, I think I had a complete identity shift at that point. I was just like, went from being, oh, I just need to help my kids and, you know, do the right thing for me kids, to suddenly I am going to provide for these kids come heck or high water. And that that's what I sort of embodied. I embodied the the provider. So I started making decisions about how am I going to provide for them? How am I going to make more time for work? How am I going to set myself up for work? You know, how do I avoid avoid going and taking a job that's not going to pay enough for what we need because in the end I ended up with no child support. I ended up completely supporting all three of my kids on my own and I needed a lot in order to do that. So Um, I also became very resourceful around funding and programs and things that we could do that were partly funded by supportive programs or they were free or whatever. Like we worked, I worked really hard to make sure that we could make enough money and not have to spend money wherever possible. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you focused on income generation, Mm -hmm. but not just that. I get the sense that you were also like, I, I don't want just any job. I don't just want... You weren't thinking short term, thinking long term. So, what did that long term, you know, were you just thinking about your kids for the long term, or were you actually thinking about your own fulfillment, financial well being? Um, I- I'm curious if, if if your needs came into that, or if you were so focused on okay, the thing I need to do to keep my kids is to have enough money that I can provide for them.
1: Yeah, that was all. That was it. At that was first. it. Yeah. How do I get this much rent? How do I have enough money for groceries? How do I figure out, you know, summer summer uh, vacation means two months when the kids are at home. How do I keep them busy while I work? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just it was completely focused on just how do we scrape out? Yeah. and um, yeah, yeah. And so at some point, I think that shifted.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what happened so. to allow you to shift from focusing on making money? for the kids to, uh, you know, more career satisfaction and building for your own
1: future? It's a good question. I think from the beginning of me doing my own work, I started listening to podcasts and I read a lot of business books. Um, I also met a business coach who kind of taught me things that I had never heard before, like how to raise your prices um, and how to value your work differently. So I was always trying to be the most affordable option, which I think a lot of people do as a freelancer. And so she started to show me how to stretch that uh, and how to think bigger. So that was really helpful, just having her example. And as I as I did more and more work, I started working with interesting clients because you can work from pe- with people around the world. And I started really letting their stories sink into me, into my soul. Uh, they had built businesses from nothing. They had built them up to very Successful businesses—they had figured things out on their own. Um, they could show me where their sales were coming from. I got to see their books, and I, I just learned from their um, learned from their mindset that there's so much more possible than this. Oh, I can do it for $20 an hour if that's okay or maybe I'll do it for 10. You know, it's very easy to get into the scarcity mindset where the only thing you can focus on is that you have bills to pay and in order to get those bills paid you can't afford to lose any work so you're going to take it no matter what it comes at for you. That is a very hard mindset because you'll never be making enough um, to, well, I have bills to pay, but I have a plan to make sure those bills are paid for and that I'm never going to feel like it's it's a famine again. Like I'm just, I'm building two or three months ahead. Like right now I'm booked three or four months in advance for the work that I do. And it's at a way, way different rate than it ever had been um, back in the early days when I was trying to get every scrap of work. So it's a complete shift. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, it sounds like just exposing yourself to um, podcast books, things like that, that are in the personal growth realm. Like it wasn't just Mm -hmm. learning business. It was also, there were some mindset shifts that needed to happen.
1: Absolutely. And that's why I think it's so important and exciting for us to do this podcast here. It's It's been a big dream of mine for a long time. And I know we've been working together on it for a very long time too, just because it was only a few stories that I heard, only a few people that I saw as examples. That I feel made the difference, and they're like little beacons in, in the future, pulling me forward. It's it's amazing.
0: Where was it that the stories were very similar to yours, and so and they moved past it and created you know amazing levels of success, or was it was it something else? What was it about those stories that was inspiring for you?
1: It, everyone comes up against things in their life, and it's learning to believe in yourself. That's the biggest mindset shift. So I, I think. Just hearing everyone's different approaches, everyone's different stories, it all came down to people that can follow their heart a little bit and, and grow their strength internally. Those were the people that I really wanted to hear from. Yeah.
0: I love that you bring up that, you know, there's, there's different stories. There, there's challenge in many different stories. You know, when you're living through something, you can get this sense of like, why do I have it so hard mm-hmm. and, and feel like surely no one else has it as hard as me.
1: Yes, yes. Right?
0: And someone might give you advice to you be like, you don't know what it's like. You're right. not experiencing what I'm experiencing. And it's really easy to discount what other people are saying about, whether it's advice or questions that open you up to possibilities. We um, mm. really remember that we're not the first person to go through this. No. And yes, this might be hard, but just because um, it, it, other people are going through hard things. As well. Yes. It's yes. Yeah. as hard for them as this
1: does for you, regardless of what it looks like. It could look different. And we can all choose how we see that. We can choose to see it as, you know, I'm always going to be here, which is the default. I really think like our brains are just like, OK, this is life. Or we can start to try and push the limits of that and see, OK, well, what if? Because I don't think if I hadn't taken I've taken a lot of steps that were really scary. Um, and so if I hadn't taken all the scary steps, I don't think I would feel, um, like I've come to a place where I have so much say in my future, so much choice in my future. Now I feel like I know I can drive this future in, in whatever direction I want to go in. It doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to be, you know, the top of the billion dollar charts or anything like that. It just means that I know that whatever direction I choose to go in, I can count on myself to, to figure it out. And I think that's, that's the key thing that I've learned.
0: Trusting yourself. Trust yourself as a result of what you've experienced and you know, coming out the other
1: side stronger. I think so, yeah. And and each scary decision gets a little, you begin to say, okay, well I did that so I can do this.
0: What was the scariest step that you <sighs> had to take? Sorry, yeah. I had to ask.
1: <laughs> yeah, so some of the scary decisions that I've had to make, Um, there's a lot. So obviously leaving that relationship was one and then we lost our house. So I had to go through foreclosure and a lot of people don't talk about that. So that was felt very lonely. And then I went through bankruptcy. I chose to declare bankruptcy because I had a lot of debt tied up from our, our previous house, but also the business that we ran together and that had just been shut down out of the blue. Uh, and then I decided to do my own thing for work instead of instead of taking a job that would maybe feel more secure. But luckily I realized that um, just because some you get a paycheck coming every week or every couple of weeks doesn't mean that your your future is secure because you have no say over both unless unless you do something on the side as well, which is entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one more was I actually got really scared as an entrepreneur. I felt like I didn't know if I could bring in enough money consistently. I felt, even though i have been doing it for a few years, I felt like, oh, I'm never never going to know what's coming down the pipeline. I'm never going to understand whether I'm going to make enough money next month. And so i pitched myself to my biggest client and i I took a job with him and i i said you know like let me help you grow your agency i just want to i just want a steady paycheck let me help you grow your vision um which was a disaster for me um in many ways although there were lots of things i loved about it i have to say that um in the end i was just burnt out and stressed out and just so unhappy that um, I had this security that I had wanted so badly. I had a great income on paper and I just burned it all. I just said, I just, I I ended up quitting. And that was the last scary decision that I had to make there. Um, And it's been great. It's been absolutely fantastic every day um, after making that decision.
0: Yeah. And you had a, I mean, you're a strategic person. This is one thing (laughs) I love about you. You are a strategic person. Um, So it's not like you just suddenly quit that job. You, you, prepared to leave that job
1: yeah but it's not okay i i felt like and something I'm, not down, I'm not
0: downplaying the scariness of this by yeah. the way like i've quit my job and i strategized my way into it it was still terrifying
1: like, yes yeah terrifying. it's very very scary yeah especially because you just don't know it could go either way but you've got to stop staring at that it, it can go either way yeah well everything can go either way you really have to be like okay this is the way I'm going to take it, and if things don't work out, then I'm going to pick myself up and keep going, Um, and it's that believing in yourself. So, yeah, the the job, I felt like maybe this was a good place for me. Um, Logically, my brain was like, I should stay with the job. I should grow in this company. I should, you know, get to whatever level I can get to, but emotionally, I was miserable. I just... There were so many things that didn't feel right to me it didn't feel like the place i needed to be and i i find that business is a creative zone for me and i can really try things out and enjoy enjoy business so much and i didn't feel any of that i just i was so craving being able to put this podcast together and um create some of the other things i've done in my marketing business and my coaching so so yeah, I just felt very much, it felt like a bit of a repeat. I wasn't living into the best version of myself. And it felt like a bit of that weakness that I had felt years and years ago in, in the difficult relationship. So I had I hired a life coach and um, I think that's becoming a theme. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I just talked through it. I was like, do I, what do I need to do to make my life feel better? And what came up out of my answering the questions was, I really need the freedom to reach the high levels that I can envision for myself that I can't see myself reaching if I don't step out on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's Lindsay with the Single and Mighty podcast. We're busy creating some additional resources for all of our listeners to make their journey ever so much better as single parents. If you'd like to get your hands on these things, be sure to head over to our website at singleandmighty.com and sign up for first dibs at everything we've got coming your way.
0: There's not a lot of uh, commonalities in our story, in our single parent story, like how we got um, to where we are, but the one there's one definite commonality and that is that we did both hire a life coach yeah. to leave, you know, sort of to figure out, I'm not really happy with what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the next step is, but I know I need someone to help me figure out what it is and, and how to make it happen. Yeah. Um, and you know whether that's a coach or or a mentor or you know it could be anything really. Therapist, mm-hmm. that support I think when you've got some really tough you know and and being single parents we don't have a partner to talk through it with, and yeah. even sometimes people who have partners, your partner isn't necessarily the best person to help you make the decision. Yeah, but, you know you don't want to. Sometimes you got to separate yourself from your partner and find an. And yes. A disinterested third party to help you process what's going on and what you want for yourself.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, I agree. And you can I, go and talk to your partner about it later, if, if you know. If you're just getting clear on what. Yeah, I mean, being clear on what's in your mind, without those external influences necessarily pushing you different ways, it, it's it's key. I think it's really. About discovering your own personal power. Like no matter who you are, you can look back and say, "Well, I lived through that." And whatever story you've got, you've lived through hard things. Everybody has. And so, so digging into that and saying whatever's next for me, you know, I know that that I can do it. I, it, you can't see the future, but you can see what you can, your own strength in getting you forward. And and the future can end up being much more beautiful and amazing than you could ever predict. Like 9 years ago, oh my goodness, I could not. The best I could have hoped for myself is nothing like the life I live right now. And and the relationships I have with my kids, they so far exceed anything I could have hoped for. And and it's all from just you know, them seeing what we've gone through, them believing in me as a person and I, it's just yeah. So, I feel like being stuck in and seeing that you're stuck and being willing to take a little step out of being stuck. is just so key to, to the rest of your life being amazing. That is so
0: beautiful. It's it's willingness, right? A willingness Uh to stretch a willingness to um, do some uncomfortable things, a willingness to sit down and actually ask yourself, what, what is it that I want? Yeah. Instead of just floating along, you know, um, yeah interrupt the patterns
1: yeah yeah and if you're not familiar with that with what that means there's a whole world of of you know biographies of people that you can read and stories of how people did it and online you know all kinds of online resources and stuff and i think that the times that really helped were the times that i was willing to invest in spending time with under a therapist or a coach like you just said even now in my business i I, I spend time and money on getting coaching to keep my mindset in the right place because it's easy to second guess yourself. Um, I think that mindset po- coaching is so, so key. And if I, if I don't feel like I can afford it, I'm listening to positive influences um, and I'm reading, not just to like blow hot air, but, but to really realize that this is reality. Like people can change, they can move forward um, and you have to keep putting that information into your brain somehow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'd love to know what is, I mean, there's a lot that's come out of this, but what's the message that you have for someone who's been in a situation similar to yours, right? Or even just feeling stuck maybe. Um, what, what would you love to be able to sit down and tell them?
1: I think it's important wherever you are to just look at what you've already been able to come through. Even someone who is in the most horrific situation right now, you have so much strength and you're still here and you deserve a, a chance to use that strength. And you may not feel like you're able to do it alone. It may it may take some resources, it may take some help, but those things are out there. And little by little, you know, you can change you can change how you see the world and then you can change what you can do about it.
0: Yeah. And I think you touched on something so, so important Uh, in a society where we can be very siloed, right? We, we focus on the individual, um, you know, self-reliance and the reality is that none of us makes it alone, not in business, not in life. We just like pretending that you're an Island, (laughs) a completely self-sufficient Island (laughs) is, uh, it's not going to get you where you want to go as fast as you, like, you, you might be able to get somewhere you want to go um, on your own, but you'll get mm-hmm. there so much faster
1: if you go, you know, if you get the help that you need.
0: Yeah, whatever form that might take. Oh my
1: goodness, yes. I think... You have a lot
0: more fun doing it too, right?
1: Oh my goodness. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why I like I I made a decision to go after a job instead of staying in my own business was because I hadn't reached out to people who could help, like, support me through the ups and downs. because. Business or all of these things—they have those ups and downs, and they can shake you around really hard. Yes. So, so just being willing to let people in just a little bit and say this is really hard—even that is would have I think made a huge difference. But in the end, I got I got back on track, and um, <laughs> yeah.
0: so it's just a and, lesson and you, learned. You actually n- not only uh, built a personal community to help you, but you also ended up building rather organically like you didn't go I'm gonna build myself a business community like right. you you ended up doing some things that you felt really passionate about and the result ended up being this beautiful business community
1: yeah yeah it's pretty fantastic um, since leaving my job I've just sort of opened up my zoom room to make connections with other people that I work with who are marketers or business coaches and um, over time people have gotten to know me for for creating that space and there's a little bit of a lot of sharing. I mean, there are so many wonderful people that I get to learn from all the time just by inviting them to come and speak on my Zoom link. Um, yeah, and it's fantastic. I just, I'm opening up a, a way for people to connect, and I think people appreciate that. And I think that's what we want to do in, in our lives, no matter how we do it. Either you find a group to connect with, or you, you know, you, you join something or start something. and And we're going to do that too for you guys. So... Um because we think it's so important to have that community. so we're gonna we're gonna be putting that out there for you and making it really, really doable and affordable so that you can have that support you need in going after your big dreams.
0: Yeah, yeah, community has been huge. I know from for myself, when I was first in business, when I was first a single parent, and feeling very alone and like not knowing who I could count on. Yeah, um, and I had wonderful friends. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, many of them were dealing with their own stuff or, you know, they just couldn't relate to what I was going through. So building, you know, with intention, the community that you need is is so critical. And I'm really looking forward to providing an opportunity for people to come to kind of a ready-made community of people who are like-minded and want to live a kick-ass
1: life. Yes, 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 yes. Like, they, uh, yeah, I love that. I, I don't think anywhere else you can find a community of single parents who you can go and they understand what it's like to whether you're building a business and you've got your kids all the time or you've got your kids a lot of the time or part of the time. It, it's very different than building a business when you're coupled or when you don't have kids. So like and, and not just building a business. I mean, there are all of the things that we've learned and that we've struggled with that we want to bring into this community yeah. yeah very exciting any
0: are there any final words that you'd like to like is there anything that we didn't cover any final words that you want to share
1: well there's one thing um, one last little thing so i've always felt like there's different parts of me and I, i'm learning now that that's like a thing in psychology we can go into that another time but <laughs> the different parts of me one of them is is really strong and powerful and I've always felt that there to a certain extent and another part of me is is shy and a little scared of everything and doesn't want to try new things Um, and for the longest time I let that really shy part of me lead. and um, even though I felt like I wanted to do bigger things and better things and more exciting things there was this limiter um, a saboteur I guess and so I called that part the mouse when I started working with my life coach and I called the other part the lion and I've really noticed the shift in making courageous decisions to live my life according to the vision that I that I set for myself. I've noticed that I've had to lean into the braver part of myself and make braver decisions, and let that little mouse come along for the ride. But can't let that mouse lead. It doesn't. It doesn't go where I want to go. The bigger, more aspirational part of myself has has much bigger plans than than that scared part. So, or what it's right. You know, we can have all the wonderful ideas in the world. And not act on them. Yeah. And then you
0: stay stuck, right? Hiding in the little mousy hidey hole.
1: Yeah, and it might feel safer, but you can achieve amazing things when you when you let that brave part of yourself play around a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. And safety and fulfillment kind of end up being a little bit at odds with one another.
1: It's just it's not a real safety, right?
0: No. No, it's a it's a false sense a false sense of security.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if you're feeling like you need to prioritize that safety, I would challenge that because there's nothing safe about staying in an abusive relationship, even though that feels like the safe choice. And there's nothing safe about living smaller than you deserve to live, even though that feels like the right choice when you uh, when you let fear drive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Powerful. You've such a powerful story and I'm really grateful that you were willing to share it. And I appreciate the focus that you wanted to have for this conversation today of it being on what did I do after? Like, how have you changed your life and what did it take to do that?
1: Hmm.
0: And I hope that it will inspire a few people um, because I I so firmly believe that there's, you know, in the, if she can do it, I can do it kind of idea, right? Like there's nothing in me that Hmm. isn't also in Someone else, yeah. And I don't want to. I don't want to say that for you, but I, I. I suspect you feel the same way.
1: Absolutely, I think that's why we're both so passionate and aligned in this podcast um, of just, you know, telling a better story.
0: Are we going to do the lightning round? Oh yes. There's always time for the lightning round. <laughs> um, so, what's the book that's had the biggest impact on you?
1: I think there's a few books. Um, I think a lot of them are about the shift from being scared. To being powerful in your own mindset, one that comes to mind right now is Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. I think oh, that that's book. a really, a really accessible book about one person's story with that that mindset shift. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I love how in that book she, as she moves through it, she, you can see her calling out her own bullshit.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's
0: really good. Yeah, and she even talks about being a single mom. Yes, uh, because she she adopted. Her kids, as a, you know, and made the choice to become a single parent. Um, and she said, even you know, with all of her success and everything, she still had that single parent mindset of, "Oh, I can't do that. I'm a single mom." Yeah. She's like, "Yeah, I'm a single mom, but like, I'm not that single mom." You know, like,
1: <laughs> and look how spectacular her career has gotten since that shift. I mean, everything oh. is by Shonda Rhines now. Yeah, she's know, a dream guest. Yeah, well, sick of her
0: by now. No. <laughs> A fantastic read yeah 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 what is the most important thing you've learned from your children
1: hmm. I think the biggest one was as they went through being teenagers was really um, having that absolute open communication with them but it's turned into incredibly uh, me being incredibly transparent with them and them being incredibly transparent with me so it wasn't I think the, the parenting I grew up with was very like, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, or there will be a consequence. And through my kids' teenage years, they really pushed at that, they hated it. Um, so then it became, we needed to have really open conversations about things and I needed to trust them. Because um, teenagers do some things that parents don't want them to do, but <laughs> I but I, I, now we're just so darn close because we both know these are the things that that came up and we, we navigated them together. And I think they were, they were safer. So, um, I guess it's a parenting thing, but also just being able to be really honest when you talk to people and not so, you know, not just presenting what you think should, they should hear, but just being completely who you are with them. Yeah. Your, your story
0: reminds me of the Brene Brown, um, quote, meme, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Yeah. I just think that's so, that's, that's what an amazing thing to take out of your parenting journey. Mm, Thank you. I have one more question. Okay. What is your top quality, the top quality you look for in a friend?
1: Hmm. I think um, just by by reality of life, I think the friends that I've maintained over the years, and I am still friends with my bestie from like preschool, um, we're still very close, so that's like a 40-year relationship. It's um, it is amazing. I think it's the ones who are persistent that I've been able to maintain as friends because I couldn't always reach out. I, I felt like I had a lot going on, but there were certain people who kept showing up for me and I will forever adore those people, whether they're in my life at this moment or not. Um, yeah. So I- I've learned from that, that I need to be someone who invests in my friendships too. Uh, now that I'm in a place where I feel like there's a little bit of space to do that.
0: Yeah. 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 The, you, you get out what you put in to anything. Yeah. yeah. And that's true for relationships too, like friendships, all relationships.
1: Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, thank well, you thank you for answering those I, I love those answers yeah this was really fun thanks for interviewing me i've been
0: looking forward to it we hope you enjoyed this episode of the single and mighty podcast we would love it if you subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to share it with the single parents in your life we want this to be a source of resources, information, and inspiration to single parents at any point in their journey.
1: So if you share it, we get to reach more people and hopefully have more impact. Until next time. Hey, it's Lindsay. I just want to give a big shout out to our friend and musician, Laura Kosh, who wrote the music for this podcast. Laura is also the singer, songwriter, and queen bee for the band The Quirks, and you can find them online at thequirks.com. That's thekwerk dot com.